0: And now it's time for Intermission.
1: Welcome to Intermission, a theaterfansmanila.com podcast. We're your hosts, Nikki and Frida, the team behind TFM, and this is where we talk about what's been going on on stage and off in the last week within Metro Manila and beyond. In this episode, we're going to go over an upcoming TV show that's a prequel to Greece. The new Lin-Manuel Miranda musical Vivo, the Buzzy Annette musical starring Adam Driver and Marion Cotillard, and the Metropolitan Opera streaming free shows. We'll also be talking a little bit about theater things we watched over the week like Shemigadoon and Lemons, Lemons,
0: Lemons. Let's start with the news. The 70s musical Greece is getting a TV show prequel spinoff titled Greece, Rise of the Pink Ladies. It is set four years before the events of the film. It's reportedly going to feature brand new characters, but will also be set in Rydell High. Not a lot of information yet about the show, but it's going to have 10 episodes and will stream on Paramount+.
1: Wow, yeah. So I was reading up on this news and um, I think the premise, according to like what I've read, is that it's about like four fed up outcast girls
0: mm. who
1: dare to have fun on their own terms and spark a moral panic that will change Ridal High for forever. Oh. So, yeah, I think they're going to go for something more, you know, like, you don't want to say it, but it is a trend, kind of like the girl power feminist trend mm-hmm. <laughs> that, you know, the, the shows now are kind of um, doing. Yeah, which would be good, I think.
0: <laughs> I think it would be. I would welcome that because... Greece is not like that <laughs> and um, yeah 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 well I've personally have had a problem with Greece's plot uh, ever since so if we're if they're gonna have a different take on Rezo's right, backstory yeah, yeah. then uh, that's a welcome change I think
1: I'm so surprised like I read also that it's going to be like 10 10- one-hour-long episodes. That's very oh, long. Oh, really? Yeah, because usually it's like, you know, it's like 30-minute stuff. I think the only, well, is Smash a Musical? Yeah. Show. Ish. Yeah. Yeah, so that was like an hour. And Glee as well, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, and Zoe's Extraordinary yeah. Playlist. Oh. that Crazy ex-girlfriend. Okay, all oh, of yeah. them.
1: <laughs> okay. I guess only Shmigadoon is like the 30-minute sh- format. Sh- <laughs> only Shmigadoon is yeah. short, I don't- yeah. Yeah. Also, like the upcoming still, I think is also like hour, an hour long. So I guess they're all like hour long episodes. So more time for storytelling.
0: That's odd yeah. that I also felt that that was but, long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we're too too much into Shmigadoon at the moment.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think we were surprised because you know when you hear length, it's also kind of the genre right so when it's 30 minutes it's a comedy when it's like longer than that it's supposed to be a drama oh that's right so i was yeah so i was kind of thinking maybe this would be more of like a comedy but i guess you know they're going for something else
0: yeah Yeah. it's probably going to be a little darker
1: there's also like conflicting um reports about who's going to star in it like like I think Variety was saying that it's going to be about like new characters but then I also read off I think Deadline that it's actually going to star Rizzo and her friend so yeah I don't know
0: I think the four pink ladies will be there and then there will be other supporting characters because the the four pink ladies are the ones in Greece
1: or maybe like their are precursors or something I don't know <laughs> Maybe you'll we'll see. Is this a good time to tell you that I've actually never seen Greece? <laughs> I've never seen like the film any or station. of it. None, none. Yeah,
0: I don't. Yeah, I've never seen. Apparently, like... I've seen three. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's. I'm not even a big fan of the material, as you know. But I've seen three apparently.
1: Yeah, and I was also surprised because um, other than this TV show, there's also going to be a prequel movie. So
0: really, like a
1: lot of yeah, there's going to be like a lot of grease centric material coming out, which is surprising. So yeah, so there's gonna be like a prequel movie, and they're gonna and they're calling it Summer Lovin'. So oh. yeah,
0: it's
1: surprising because I didn't know there was so much demand for Glee's content.
0: <laughs> Me neither. The think so- the songs are very catchy, I'd give them that.
1: Yeah, I think that's why I kind of never um, needed to watch it because I know the music or yeah. I've heard the music like a hundred times, right? right?
0: The first time I was ever exposed to it I think was a, a short Glee segment. <laughs> I think I saw it there. Oh. Do, you, do you remember that with no. the one where you better shape up? That, that those lyrics. Uh... Uh,
1: yeah. And another thing about like uh, this show is that it's going to be show run by um, this lady Annabelle Oaks. And when I like looked into her, she was actually like a co-producer for this show called um, Downward Dog. So it was a comedy and it was canceled immediately, which was a shame because I thought it was very cute. Yeah, it starred um, Alison Tolman from Fargo. So she broke out from Fargo. And this guy, um, Lucas Neff, who was the star of also like this adorable sitcom um, called Raising Hope. So did you watch either of those?
0: Sorry, I did not. (laughs)
1: No. <laughs> yeah, so it was just like um one of those things yeah. cuz I like um looking at like names on when we encounter like these news items, right? So I love like looking at the the who's behind the the thing and then seeing their past work and kind of maybe getting an idea of how this show is going to go based off of like their previous work. So Oh, right. Yeah. So maybe this will be fun. Yeah.
0: Fargo is not a comedy, is it?
1: No. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, it's from one of the I forgot these big deal directors, but it was it started out as like an Oscar movie, yeah, and then it was adapted into a t- hit TV show. It was like a huge. I think, kasabayan nila true detective like the first season of it you know these shows that are like critically acclaimed yeah so the first season was critically acclaimed but i'm, I'm i've digressed <laughs> yeah.
0: a musical film that's streaming very soon on netflix is vivo an animated feature starring lin-manuel miranda with a screenplay by in the heights collaborator kiara alegria hudes it follows a rainforest honey bear voiced by miranda on a journey from havana to miami to deliver a love song Streaming August six. Uh,
1: yeah. So aside from Lynn being in it, Zoe Saldana and Gloria Estefan is also going to be in it. Oh. So it's a pretty like star-studded movie. Um, have you listened to "Keep the Beat" the song I... that they?
0: Yes. I I listened to it on loop last night. It's so cute. Oh. I, I
1: know. It. Like you know, I was surprised because we wrote about it and it doesn't seem like people are talking about it enough but yeah. which is surprising because when I heard the music it sounds like um, the song could have been an outtake from Hamilton it sounds like it could fit Hamilton right you know so I think the music is going to be top-notch on this one
0: yeah yeah I agree you can really hear Lin Manuel in there like in terms of yeah. the songwriting and his voice <laughs> he, he's yeah. voicing the honey bear
1: the bear <laughs> yeah the bear. it's also like funny because his his voice is very distinct but yeah. then it's coming out of this starshire like creature exactly. so you kind of have to like he hasn't disappeared into the role yet. <laughs> yes, I <laughs> Maybe agree. Maybe we have to watch like the full
0: movie. Yeah, you have to, to get used to his voice in a bear.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. Me too. Especially when the soundtrack drops on Spotify because it sounds like the music is something
0: I would enjoy. Yeah. yeah. And he had a good track record because the music in Moana is also very good. Um, so that he oh, also yeah. co-wrote the music and lyrics for that movie, for that animated movie. So yeah, very yeah. promising.
1: So maybe all the six year olds are going to end up singing our ears off with the new <laughs> how far I'll go.
0: Yeah. And it'll right.
1: come from this movie. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> Another musical film that people are talking about is Annette, starring Adam Driver and Marion Cotillard. It recently premiered at the Cannes Film Festival and will reportedly stream this August on Amazon Prime. Just visit theaterfansmanila.com to watch the trailer and listen to the soundtrack.
1: Yeah, I think this movie is kind of um I don't know, like this year's A Star Is Born or La La Land, you know, that big awards baity musical. Right. Yeah. It's very art house. Like um I watched the trailer and I love it cuz it doesn't make sense. Like, it's almost like, you know, a mad lib of random things, mm-hmm. you know, when you watch the trailer, it's kind of like, it has that psychological horror film vibe to it. But then it's also a musical. But then there's a baby. And that's Annette. The baby is Annette. Yeah. And then Adam Driver, of course, looks very intense but apparently he's supposed to be a stand-up comic Exactly. and then it also co-stars Howard Wolowitz from The Big Bang Theory <laughs> you know it I don't know it, it's like a lot of like elements that shouldn't be together but is somehow now all in one movie yeah
0: that is actually it's very well of, put um, Nikki yeah that's very well put because that's exactly how I felt listening to the soundtrack just everything that you said
1: right (laughs) yeah and like watching the trailer right like you're glued to it for the entire time because you literally can't predict what's gonna show up next right
0: yeah (laughs) I mean I I was surprised I thought Marion was Annette but then it was a baby yeah and yeah and it's (laughs) psychological horror yeah
1: <laughs> yeah but then the soundtrack sounds a bit like um phantom because it's an opera yeah oh. you know? it's a pop oh. opera
0: yeah oh yeah now that you mention it
1: and you know, adam driver is it's interesting because he seems to be leaning into something more musical like he sang in that um other movie he had last year and then it now marriage he's, story yeah, and then now he's in a musical.
0: Yeah, he was testing the waters in Marriage Story when he sang that <laughs> yeah. song from Company.
1: Yeah, yeah, but of course, you know um, Marion is got her big break as Ed P F. So oh, that's
0: right. Yeah, and wasn't she in Nine?
1: Was she? I don't remember. Maybe.
0: <laughs> Not so sure. I think so. <laughs> yeah, you know.
1: What else? Like I was also like looking up Adam Driver a little bit for this podcast, and you know he's actually like Juilliard trained, you know. Oh wow! Um, Yeah, and of course he broke out in Lena Dunham's Girls, but then he became like a household name of Star Wars. Yeah, but then now he's also like this Oscar level (laughs) actor. Yeah, I love it when like the act you know, like an actor's career is kind of like surprising. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, it's apparently, oh, I think you said that, that it's going to stream on Amazon Prime. We don't yeah. know yet if that includes our region.
0: Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. And the director yeah. won Best Director at the Cannes Film Festival. So. This year? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: That's also like another thing because he's a French director and this is his first... English-language film. All right.
0: The Metropolitan Opera in New York is on their last week of free opera streams. They're wrapping up their 70-week streak of sharing free streams since the start of the pandemic. They've streamed over 100 shows. If opera is your thing and you want to check out the Met Opera's last streams, we have the full schedule on TFM.
1: Yeah, I think that's actually it for news this week. But before we move on, what's up on Kumu, Frida?
0: So, a stream is back on Kumu. It's called Scorpio Sabado. It's one of the best-produced streams on Kumu, I, I think. Uh, so, the trio is Sara Fakuri, Jeff Go, and Arman Ferrer. And these guys, man, they know how to put on a show. And Oh, wow.
1: Talk us through, like, a show.
0: The... Advantage that they have, I think, is all three of them can sing pretty much from any genre. So if you uh, give yeah. them a theme, they'll be able to deliver just whatever. In one stream that I watched prior, so they stream every Saturday nights at 8 p.m. Um, so they actually went on a break, but they just returned last Saturday. So one of the streams that I saw before was they would sing... A genre per round um, so so for every round each of them will sing one song um, and I think that night they had like 10 rounds so there were 10 genres so there's like a novelty song round which is really funny when they sing novel- novelty songs um, they have like a like standards round they have musical theater round of course which is my favorite they have all these different genres and you know that they do sound checks they rehearse because it's so polished it's really like watching a concert on a live stream app it's really really well done
1: yeah because you said um that it was very polished so do they like dress up they have sets do they dance
0: yes to all nikki oh my gosh yeah sometimes they they have costume changes Yeah. Choreography? I mean, yeah, they they do dance sometimes.
1: Oh wow!
0: Yeah, and they have. Are they like they joined by other people, or is it just like no, it's just like them, them solo? Oh, that's it's, it's the three of that's them. Cool. Yeah, because if you ask people to come up, sometimes that's kind of spontaneous. So, but their show is really polished. So,
1: well worth uh, tuning into.
0: Yeah, and they have very loyal following. It's called Scorpio Nation. That's cool. <laughs> So they're very devoted to the stream. Hmm. and it's not often. They only do it once a week at most. So, it's really something that the people look forward to. Oh. So it's
1: kind of like, um, spending your Saturday, mm. like on a cabaret show or something.
0: Yeah, cool. yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So I also want to talk about the theater stuff we watched this week. So you and I have both been watching Schmigadoon. Shmig- Yes. And oh but before we kind of start I want to kind of prompt our listeners that we might um s- talk about spoilers. So if you haven't started watching the show, you really should get to that because it's literally made for musical theater fans.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I love like I love how this show is kind of an education to golden age musicals because you know like a lot of the references go over my head because you know i'm not very well versed in golden age the golden age of broadway you know but when you read up on um the recaps like you know um read up on the show you kind of like realize just how um sick sick this show is actually like every moment is almost a callback to a musical of old so that's really cool
0: exactly exactly i only know so so a lot of the references are from so far from oklahoma and carousel and i'm i only know the references from carousel because i saw the stream with kelly o'hara just was it last year when they streamed that show from Lincoln Center?
1: Yeah, pandemic times. Yeah,
0: pandemic times. Mm-hmm. So when I when I saw uh, Shmigadoon, yeah, it takes me back to that musical and you can relate. <laughs> yeah. And I mean it, there there there's a problem problematic things about the musicals of old, yeah, right? Yeah. And they and and what and what I like about Schmigadoon is they call it out, but in yeah yeah in like a loving way in a, like a self-aware yeah. loving way, and Aaron Tveit is in it a lot, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh my yeah, gosh. yeah. I love him so yeah, much. Yeah, he's, he's great. Incredible. Yeah,
1: I love the cast of this one.
0: Yeah, yeah. I didn't know Cecily Strong could sing like that.
1: Oh yeah, I think I knew a little bit because i'm sure she needed to sing for like a skit on snl or something yeah i love her she's like one of my favorite snl people oh so it's good to kind of see her succeed in something else so what's also like great about this show is that you know you don't actually have to have seen these golden age musicals to have a good time right you know because the show itself is a good time like it's just so laugh out loud funny and it's kind of like my after work treat after you know um well after work like i would queue it up after so it's great
0: oh yeah it's it's my guilty pleasure every fridays now
1: (laughs) yeah speaking of like the cast right alan Cumming is in here and it's so funny like i love that number he has um i forgot the song like when he was singing in that second episode he sang something and it's apparently supposed to be like a callback to um South golden age musical was it
0: yeah S- but- some enchanted evening
1: yeah, and then but then there's this also this other golden age musical that's apparently um vaguely queer coded like huh? because of course like in the Cabaret? I don't know no uh I think it's Oklahoma or something. But so the so there was like the originally the the material I think yeah, I think Oklahoma. So or, the original thing was um the song was vaguely homoerotic because, of course, like in the 50 I don't know, is it the 50s or something, but in the 50s or 40s, you can't be explicit about that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, you know, the song was like vaguely homoerotic in that way. And then in Shmigadoon, they kind of like flat out call it out. That's why, oh. you know, Cecily's character goes. Um, Mayor, are you, you know, are you gay? Yeah. So that was kind of like a callback to that.
0: Oh. Yeah. The show is full
1: of like these moments. That's I think very rewarding if you're a scholar of yeah golden the golden age of
0: Broadway. So many yeah. Easter eggs in there.
1: Yeah, but even if you're not right, like yeah, my favorite one off like the third episode was when the the wife of um, the mayor was singing and Cecily was like, oh man, this is me in high school.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that show. I love that show.
1: I-, I also, like, remembered when we were talking about it and how we would um, react if we ended up in Shmigadoon. And I think I would be, like... um Keegan Michael Key's character, like trying to figure out how to get out of there. And you would totally be like game Absolutely. for anything for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Soon, swooning with Aaron Tavate. I, I wouldn't want to oh, leave. Yeah. I will never <laughs> want to leave that place.
1: Yeah, it's so funny. It's a great show. Oh, you know, like I also um, read up on Brigadoon, and the premise is also that exact. Premise of the first one, where the characters ended up in some magical land after encountering some fog on a bridge, (laughs) which was surprising to me.
0: So smart! It's so smart how it correlates with all these references. But the songs are original, but
1: it—they're parodies. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah! yeah. It's great. Yeah, it was great.
1: yeah, parodies are like always super fun. Like I've been trying to get you to watch um, *Crazy Ex-Girlfriend*. I
0: know. And
1: I think you will enjoy it. Like seriously, it's just parodies after parodies. There's like this one viral clip of of the show um, parodying—is that the word parody? Like making a parody out of a cat's number. So <laughs> you might enjoy that one.
0: Yeah. maybe i'll skip to that episode
1: yeah it's a great it's a great show and also should we dune yeah that's what we've been obsessed with so far this week
0: and even the theme song is the the title song from oklahoma it's really really oh, yeah. yeah it was funny when i was watching the first two episodes i was Talking to Menchu Ochenko Yulo on chat, oh. and she was just you know she knows all the Schooling musicals. Cooling you, yeah, cooling me completely. <laughs> oh, she cool. was just telling me all the references. <laughs> it's really really fun. Oh,
1: that's cool.
0: Yeah, geeking geeking out over musical theater with Menchu, it's the best.
1: So we also watched uh, the cast ph stream of lemons 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 lem. Oh my god, how many lemons was that? Lemons lemons <laughs> lemons, lemons lemons lemons.
0: Yes, y'all have to count off with your fingers.
1: Yeah, that our listeners can still watch next week. They still have a stream date on July 31. So, I firstly like I want to say that there really is something about a pro shot, right? Like, yeah, something that looks undeniably staged, that looks undeniably set on a stage, that just makes something that's filmed, like even if it's filmed, feel quite separate from a movie it feels very undeniably theater which is very appealing to me because of course I am a theater fan
0: yeah I agree pro shots are really I think the only thing that can really come close to a theater experience yeah in my case it's like pro shot or no shot (laughs) because you, you <laughs> or also
1: kind call it the movie
0: right yeah 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 because you also need to respect the medium I think like you have to yeah give it like the, the closest approximation of what you'd feel when you're inside a theater and yeah only I think only yeah. pro shots can really do that
1: and I think also because films are hyper realistic you know like they right. don't really ask you to um, imagine the world the characters are set in, but you know, with the pro shot, you still see like um, the theatrical machinations of it. Like, well, they're you know they're pretending to eat, but there's no dining table, so you know you kind of are called to collaborate almost with. Um, what you're watching to fill in you know, the gaps and that's what theater is really.
0: Yeah, that was very well said. I think, yeah, that's that's something that we that's great about theater is you you empathize with the characters and you put yourselves mm-hmm. in in that place, in their situation as well.
1: Yeah, I, I also wanted to kind of talk about um, the material. So, it, you know, it's very Orwellian but to me it required of me more suspension of disbelief that it actually you know kind of took me out of the story because the the premise which was like you're only limited to 140 words a day is very extreme and you know you kind of have to work like the logistics of that in your head like so I ended up like spending my time while watching kind of working out how that would even work, right? Like
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think just like that basic premise is like a, a very extreme escalation because you don't really see or you're not really shown um other civil liber- liberties that are being curtailed. So it's it looks like, you know, they're living their lives like you and I and then there's this tomorrow you can only speak 140 words a day which you know to me was kind of like how how do you go to the doctor how do you buy like i don't know cheapy from the sari sari store <laughs> you know yeah like how can you live your daily life just like basic daily life so yeah i think i was kind of trying to work out or painting a picture in my head of how that would even look like, right?
0: I, I personally didn't mind it because mm-hmm. it takes me to our current environment. I guess I didn't really, mm-hmm. be, be, because I could feel sort of the terror of, of their situation because it, mm-hmm. it kind of mirrors Powers in this administration not necessarily 140 words but in terms of curtailing freedom of speech I I feel it's very real in Mm -hmm. in this Philippine Duterte environment especially with all the extrajudicial killings Um, so I think I felt that more than Mm -hmm. maybe the logistical aspect of right yeah because if you ask, like, how did we get here, um, that's also a question that I ask a lot. Like, how did we get here? And right, it, it, it just happens. Like, if people don't fight back, um, if uh-huh. the powerful people keep getting their way, then things just escalate. And... I think that's where my head was at when I was watching it.
1: Right. Interesting. And I love that we are now talking about this because, um, you know, it really goes to show that theater is, you know, like almost like a singular experience in that we have, you know, we watch the same thing and then we have two different takes on it or two different experiences on it. You're totally right. You know, when I was listening to you, kind of like, your point of you know like before you know it it will escalate this way because you know you're not watching out you're not like maybe we are the lady character that is kind yeah. of not as vigilant as the male character yeah and that you know like we turn around and then the world has turned to shit and you're also affected by it. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. But yeah, I still do think that there might have been something missing in like the world building in the content of this play. You know, because when I was think when I was watching it and it's, you know, kind of doing this whole 1984 kind of thing. And I was thinking about how what's so powerful about um, 1984 is that what makes it so prescient is that you know it really paints you a picture right from all of the, like the details of of this world you do see it and so it kind of situates these characters and i think that's i think what i was looking for mm-hmm. to be able to put myself in in their shoes so there was kind of this A layer that maybe I was not seeing.
0: I see what you mean. You you mean like like sort of supporting context or?
1: I think you can show it in like the conversation, right? But then it does spend more time on building this relationship Mm -hmm. because that is kind of the core of it. Is that it's a love story, and then I think that the takeaway wasn't it was more of how do you communicate in a world where communication is limited so that's kind of the main thesis I think of of the show or that was my take on it because it does spend most of its time showing us this relationship.
0: That's interesting because on my end I thought that the political aspect was heavier than the love story. Well, that was,
1: really? that
0: that, that was my take.
1: See, yeah, it's (laughs) really cool. Like you have different um, takeaways from it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's all the major theater news you needed to know this week. This was fun for us, so we hope you had fun too. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. We're with you every Sunday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Usually it's just us, But next week, we have another special guest, so make sure you tune in. If you want more theatre, just follow TFM Everywhere on social. We're TheatreFansMNL on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even YouTube. This has been Frida and Nikki. Thanks for listening to this week's intermission. Bye!